it was really Netflix from the jump. I mean, I think they, they saw it as a great introduction, I think, to the creator economy for an audience that maybe doesn't know the creator economy very well. But also, I think they saw the universal themes that shone through friendship, business building, entrepreneurship. There's the opportunity for it to speak to a much broader audience than a specifically YouTube or youth audience, per se. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Samir. Welcome to this special episode. I'm joined by... Hey, everybody. This is Colin. And this is Nate Graber-Lipperman, one of the writers for The Published Press. That sounds so official. It really does. <laughs> love that. That's nice. So, Nate, you're here because you put together this segment. So I'm not going to explain it. I'd love for you to explain this to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So basically on January 30th, British YouTube supergroup, The Sidemen, it's seven creators who have been uploading on YouTube for the last decade or so together. They announced a Netflix documentary. So they'll be releasing a documentary on February 14th. It's kind of got an inside look at how that deal came together and what it means for creators' relationships with, you know, streaming platforms moving forward. I called up Jordan Schwarzenberger, the manager of the Sidemen. Now, this is part of a story that Nate is writing for Friday's issue of our newsletter. Yeah, and for context, too, if you're new to the newsletter, we have these calls all the time to inform our coverage, whether it's between talking to you know, creators, managers, other creator industry insiders. Yeah, we just thought it'd be really cool to give you a more inside look into our conversations to hear directly from Jordan himself. So if you don't subscribe to the published press, we're going to put the link to this issue in the description. And then after you listen to this call between Nate and Jordan, all three of us are going to chime in about what this means for creators. I mean, before getting into how this deal came together and what it means for creators, I had to ask, you know, this film is coming out on Valentine's Day. Should we expect <laughs> the film to be a rom-com? Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? No spoilers, but it, there's a few moments. There's a few moments. It definitely, like, what, what I love about the, the doc, and I've seen it for about three or four times now, is just how it really shows a different side. And you do get that that friendship coming through. Like, the boys are ultimately seven friends, and you really see that and feel that over the course of, you know, a 10 year story. So yeah, you could say there's a little bit of romance in there. I think that's fair enough to say. Yeah. I mean, look, diving into how this documentary came together, uh, really just walk me through the initial conception for it. You know, was it something that the Sidemen team had already been working on or was it Netflix approaching you and saying, Hey, we want to film a documentary about the guys. Mm. Yeah. So, so the way this came together, uh, it was about two years ago now, I think, uh, when we realized that it's the 10 year anniversary of the Sidemen in 2023, October 23 to October 24. Um, and we need to make the most of that. We need to, what an opportunity to tell the 10 year story uh, in a way that really can capture both the existing fan base who've obviously been there for various at various points, some later on, some since the very beginning, but also um, providing a new audience with the opportunity to understand who the Sidemen are, why they do what they do, why they're so popular. Um, and the 10-year moment is a great time to tell that story. Um, I think anniversaries provide a bit of nostalgia, of huge amounts of nostalgia for those who've been there for the 10 years, but also it creates a marker where people can join and actually come on board the train, so to speak. So, yeah, it was an idea that we had together with the guys to say, look, like this is an opportunity to tell this story. Uh, we had the team over at um, Pangea, so that's Luke Himes, who was the former um, EMEA head of YouTube Originals. So he led that whole business over in the UK. So he's very, um, a very prolific sort of filmmaker and curator and commissioner here. He had a long track history doing films for, for a long, long time. Um, and he's somebody who... Uh, 
knew the boys from when they did the Sidemen show back in 2000 and, uh, when was it, 2018, 19, uh, which actually when the Sidemen channel launched. So the Sidemen channel actually launched off the back of that show and Luke came in as the head of YouTube Originals towards the end of that filming. So he kind of understood the boys. He knew them really well um, from a sort of, as, as a brand, he understood their world. Um, but also came from a from a slightly older perspective, right? In a perspective that was was able to be objective and and translate that story for an older, old, not an old audience, but for a broad broader audience than the Sidemen fan base. Uh, and then and then it was a case of how do we put it together? So produced it with Luke and his team. Um, and then the the home that we wanted, the home that the boys wanted, the home really, I think, for anything on that premium level is Netflix. And yeah, they loved it, so they they took it on. Yeah. And I guess kind of looking across that table, right? Like put me in the room as this deal is coming together. What was the primary draw of this for Netflix as well? What were they most excited about? Yeah. I mean, I think they, they saw it as a great um, introduction, I think, to the creator economy for an audience that maybe doesn't know the creator economy very well. Um, obviously, our space is very well known to those within it and very unknown to those without who are away from it, I find. There's almost a divide in time. You either get it and you know it or you just have no idea. And so I think they felt that it was a great a great way of introducing the space from a business perspective um, to an audience, to their audience. But also I think they saw the universal themes that shone through the doc, friendship, um, like business building, entrepreneurship, um, sort of consistency, the dramas, the ups and the downs, resilience, all of those themes that kind of come through the film, um, they saw that and, and saw that there's the opportunity for, for it to speak to a much broader broader audience um, than a specifically YouTube or youth audience per se. Um, obviously, Netflix, only want people, they want people to watch their content and they want subscribers. That's always their goal. Um, but they, feel, they felt like this doc could hopefully help on both of those fronts. Um, so, yeah. I think it would, they, they saw it as a, they do see it as, as, a, as a big opportunity, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, too, on that front, uh, you know, you mentioned that you all saw Netflix as kind of the premier destination. You all were very excited to work with them. Were there any other streaming services or networks, though, who did make bids kind of along the way? Or was it just solely a focus on we want to work with Netflix from the jump? Yeah, it was really Netflix from the jump. I think the guys have a... I think all of us in our generation, I'm 26, right? And I think the sidemen, us, all of us, right? We all have a weird, a weirdly intimate relationship with Netflix on a personal level. And I think it means something so much more than than just uh, a platform, right? There's so much time invested in in the content. And, and, and because of the amount of reach it has and the, the feeling it gives, it's just one of one. And I think, yes, obviously the Disneys, the Amazons, et cetera, brilliant platforms in their own right and are building incredible things. But Netflix is, is the is the golden goose, right? Netflix is the special one. So to speak of the bunch, I think you can't really escape that in that space. Um, so yeah, it was one of those where we go, right, if we're making this, that's the place we want it to go. And of course we would have been, if Netflix didn't want it, we would have had other conversations, I think. But no, the guys, I reckon they probably put it on YouTube more than give it to anyone else um, to premiere it because Netflix is, is, is just that special. Right. And you know? that was a question i had as well you know given that it sounds like you know you obviously filmed and produced this thing in house it will be distributed mm. through netflix but um you know do you all own the rights to it with let's say one day you want to upload it to the sidemen channel or what's kind of the relationship there <laughs> yeah you know what there's there's a yeah so we we do um that was part of the point as well right we wanted to do this in a way that was slightly different where we believe in the story we believe that it had the opportunity you know had the appeal and actually we wanted to fund it and, and build it 
ourselves um and then ultimately have it acquired rather than go down the commission route reason being principally control um when you go down the commission route obviously netflix go yeah we want to make a sideband doc specifically or you ever want to do a mr beast thing or whatever it might be then you're working with their production teams day in day out you're working with their developers their commissioners you you just lose that control because they're paying for the rights to control it right um whereas with this the it was the case of right if we're going to tell the story if the sidemen are going to get their story out there to the world then it needs to be they need to be able to have that 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 ability to creatively help tell the story properly um and then what's been so nice is luke and sneeta are able to bring the objectivity in where they can really come at the story from an objective perspective and see yeah, but how is it from the outside looking in but the sidemen can have that creative freedom to actually add in and add bits and input bits to help the story come to life in a way that if somebody else is just completely dictating that it can often lose um it can often lose that 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 the little nuances that you miss right um so i think um yeah it's been a really good balance of the objectivity from luke and sneeta alongside the sidemen as exact producers giving it that flavor and that and that reality yeah for sure and i mean i think even zooming out a little bit and looking at the creator space right like a big conversation in our studio has been, is 2024 the year that creators become Hollywood and Hollywood becomes creators, right? In the sense of Hollywood's moving more towards digital platforms, creators are moving towards making bigger and more ambitious projects. And, you know, look, this is obviously a big moment for the creator space, right? Um, just you all announcing uh, this movie with Netflix that coming out next week and I'm sure you heard the report that Amazon is set to pay Mr. Beast $100 million on a show for their Prime Video platform. I guess, you know, what do you make of hearing that news in terms of what was your kind of initial reaction to it? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it's about time, right? Like, it's about time that these platforms start working with creators and, and really took it seriously. I think always in the UK especially, right, there's been a real kind of arrogance from traditional TV and broadcasters to creators. Um, I think the streamers play more in, our, in, in the creator space. So there's a natural understanding and overlap there that doesn't really translate with traditional linear broadcasters, right? And I think they get it that there's, that there's more of a need to, to bring audiences in, uh, but also to engage with people with huge influence and creativity. And I think the bit that I'm most interested in, more than just the, the opportunity for these guys to get audience, which often I think blindsides these things, and like, oh, yeah, but how much can we bring over? How many people can we bring across? The creativity that someone like a Jimmy can bring to Amazon, that's the bit that hopefully will, will transcend just his audience, right? Because his audience is obviously huge, but it's one thing. His creativity is completely unique. Same with the Sidemen. Like, it'd be amazing one day if the Sidemen could do more executive produce, producing on shows where they could actually help creatively build these things at scale, um, as well as just leveraging their audience. I think there's the twofold piece. But yeah, it feels like the tide's turning in a really healthy way. And yeah, I'm excited that we get to be a part of that, really. Kind of last question I had for you is you all have obviously been trailblazers in the space, uh, especially in Europe and in England. How do you think this doc might impact creators' opportunities to collaborate with streaming platforms moving forward? Yeah, well, I think that if it goes well, which hopefully it will, um, <laughs> uh, then, you know, I think it, it could hopefully be a good, a good case study of what's possible. I think JJ did that with, on his own with um, KSI in real life for Amazon Prime. Obviously, Amazon's, you know, a different brand to Netflix. So, and I don't think Netflix have really done something like this before in the space. So if this can be a Netflix case study, then we'll have two big success stories, hopefully, to take out and say, look at what's possible. Um, and that's really exciting. So, yeah, we'll see. It's all, it all comes down to Wednesday, really. So hopefully everyone enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, look, obviously ran through a lot of questions real quick. Did you have any last thoughts or comments on your end? No, all good. The only thing I'd say or I'd caveat is that, well, so part of the whole structure at the minute is that Netflix have it in the UK, but it's not available in other countries yet, but that will hopefully come in time. But just, and we'll have information on that soon, basically. But just so that if, if unless you're saying, oh, I'll go watch it or pointing people, they won't be able to unless they're in the UK for a period of time until other territories start opening up. Um, that's just the only thing to be aware of. But yeah, hopefully that won't be long. Yeah. Gotcha. And I mean, I guess one last quick question, Thav, uh, and I know you have to run, but um, what has the initial like reaction been as well in commentary from just uh, since you all have announced it? What's the feedback been like? It's been amazing. Like it's been so, it's been everything we wanted. Like we wanted this opportunity. We wanted this, um, we wanted this announcement to be a real moment for the boys, for the space, for the fans, for everyone. And I think it, ha- it has done that. It's opened up a whole ton of conversations that maybe weren't being had before. It's, it's given a credibility to the brand and to all of the things we're trying to do. Even from a 30-second tease, we haven't even launched the full trailer yet, right? Um, but that, I think that's been, it's been an amazing moment already. So I'm excited to see the reaction once it's out because I think that's going to be the bit where people see like what we've been working on. And I'm really proud of it. I think the team really proud of it. The sidemen are really proud of it. Everyone's so happy with the finished product that we've got hopefully a good chance of having something that people really like. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Jordan, appreciate you taking the time uh, chat as always. Uh, can't wait to watch the doc when it's available in the U.S. Uh, hopefully yeah, soon yeah, enough. Soon, but uh, soon. Good luck with the rollout and everything. And uh, yeah, amazing what you all are doing and just really blazing amazing such a unique uh, trail in this space. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. So, Nate, coming off that call, uh, first, I want to acknowledge I love that at the end there, he's like getting out of a cab and he's yeah. rushed to head to some sort of meeting. It's just so fun to hear him like actually at work yeah, in transit. I love that. What to you uh, sort of stuck out from what he said on the call? Look, I think around the studio right now, right? A big conversation we've been having a lot. is just this idea of YouTubers becoming Hollywood faster than Hollywood becoming YouTubers, right? And I mean, I think the key sticking point we're continuing to see or at least hear about in a lot of these negotiations it's really just the leverage creators have in these deals, you know, with streamers, because a lot of creators have gotten to the point where they have legitimate, you know, production companies, right? They have the ability and capacity to make things out of content at a very high level, right? And when they're bringing that to these deals, you heard Jordan talk about down the line, if they want to release this documentary on the Sidemen channel, they have those rights. And I think that's a super unique moment in both Hollywood, but also, you know, creator world. Yeah, I think the, the that premise is what really stuck out to me that the sidemen own this piece because, you know, actually how we operate as creators is we are production companies and, and studios that are licensing our content, right? Like our what we do on YouTube is actually license our content to YouTube in exchange for a revenue share. So when you start to look at our engagement with streaming platforms, it operates in the same way. We can be producing content and licensing it. And I started to see a few other things pop up this week, like Yes Theory's content is now on United Airlines, mm-hmm. right? And and I don't know that that's a, like a dramatically lucrative deal, but it's really cool to see like this syndicated opportunity of we produce content, we license it to these big players. For certain creators, there really is leverage. And I agree with you that that was one of the most interesting takeaways. It made me think about a conversation we had with Mark Rober when Mark was talking with Jimmy Kimmel about potentially doing Mm -hmm. some sort of traditional media deal. And at the beginning of those talks, 
you know, Mark was saying to, to uh, Jimmy Kimmel saying, okay, so if I do this, I have less viewership, mm -hmm. I have less creative, I have less creative control and I will make less money. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the best place you can be going into one of these studios if you're pitching them. Now, obviously there's that cachet of being on Netflix and there is added distribution, but when you can go into a negotiating room and you know that you have more viewership, you can make more money potentially mm -hmm. on your own and yeah. you know what it means to take creative control to make the best product, that puts you in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and it honestly makes me curious too, like for you guys, you know, if you were in that spot, in that room, negotiating table with several streamers, you know, what would be your priorities, right? Like how would you guys really go about that conversation? Well, I think we have to take a step back and say like, what's a win here for the Sidemen? What's a win for the creator economy, what would be a win for us? If I'm sitting in that room, one of the biggest wins is uh, validation. Like the Netflix, we can't argue that the Netflix logo next to your piece of content brings an extreme sense of credibility to your brand. And I, I don't know if the sidemen are making, you know, significant cash here. Because we also have to think about when we talked to Jordan on our show, he mentioned that Side Plus, their own streaming platform, was the largest piece of their revenue at the sidemen. So you'd have to imagine if they release this documentary on Side Plus and drive more subscribers to Side Plus, that actually maybe would be more lucrative for them in the long term hmm. than this deal with Netflix. But what this does is legitimize them at a pretty big scale. And when you're an empire like the Sidemen and you have Sides, the restaurant, you have the charity match, you're starting to get credibility in mass entertainment. And the Netflix logo multiplies that times 10. For me, I would be most interested in creative control and ownership. I think those two are really important. Even if the dollars were less than maybe I had anticipated, I would want to know that I own the documentary so that maybe one day I can put it on my own platforms and that when I make this documentary, it's exactly the way I want to make it. I think a win for the space here um, would be significant viewership on Netflix is important because for all of us, to get opportunities here, these these things have to go well. The streamer times YouTuber thing has to go well for us to get opportunities. Now, I think a win for the sidemen is is credibility and maybe new audience. I, I struggle to believe that that's you know a true true possibility. Maybe it's like a bit of introduction, but Netflix is also starting to move into an ad supported model, and I think courting YouTubers is pretty smart right now as Netflix is starting to explore, what does it mean to be in an ad-supported environment? Yeah, I guess glass half full outlook as well. Like, let's say that success story comes to pass, right? Let's say I'm an aspiring creator, either reading the press or listening to this podcast, you know, am I looking at this deal and saying, great, another huge creator getting an opportunity that I'll never have? Or am I looking at this deal and saying, oh, if this is a success, this will open up so many more opportunities for creators like me? It's a good point. My, my hope for the documentary is that the majority of it is not just contextualizing who the sidemen are uh, in terms of them being YouTube creators, trying to overexplain what it means to be a digital creator. Mm -hmm. That to me is one of my, my pet peeves when it comes to these types of documentaries. And I think it's the, the biggest missed opportunity. Samir and I spoke uh, at length about Jake Paul's episode of Untold, which was on Netflix. And if you watch that, there could have been this great opportunity to truly tell his boxing story and show real-time footage of him training. And that type of footage doesn't come till the very end. Like they spend so much time 
worried that I think people won't understand what it means to grow as a digital creator. And I think the real opportunity is to just show them as people and, and the problems they're dealing with in their everyday life right now. And that's what like Drive to Survive and Breakpoint and all of these sports-driven shows do so well. They connect you to the people, not necessarily uh, you know, spending tons of time on context. So my closing thought here is that I think, you know, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that it's only available in the UK. I didn't really understand that. Um, I'd be curious to like double click into that and learn more about why it's initially only available in the UK and then it'll be, you know, more widely available. But, you know, for, for the Sidemen group, I think, and for us, when I'm thinking about it from a creator economy perspective, even more mass acceptance that creators are great places to spend ad dollars you know, is like, that's still where we are as an economy. Mm -hmm. If advertisers can continue to accept that we are a legitimate place uh, and a better place to spend ad dollars than um, a billboard or, or another environment, that's an overall win for the economy. And I think big plays like this legitimize our space or have the opportunity to legitimize our space um, to the entire advertising industry. And that's that's a win. Overall, just a super interesting experience, even for Samir and I to listen to this conversation mm -hmm. between you two for the first time. So I hope everyone listening right now got to enjoy that as well. Uh, and if you have uh, a story that you want to tell or you think is interesting, I do want to offer that, you know, Nate, you and, and Hannah and the team at the Published Press are available and actively looking for stories. So if you do have one, you can reach out to hi at thepublishedpress.com. Yeah, drop me a line. We're always interested in new story leads and just chatting with uh, everyone reading and listening to uh, what we put out. And if you're not yet a subscriber to The Published Press, the link is in our description, thepublishedpress.com. You'll get coverage like this three times a week into your inbox and you can reply to that email and say hi to Nate. All right. Thank you, Nate, for joining us. Thanks, guys.